You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back here again to Locked On Browns. As we take you through yet another week, uh, celebrating the riches of free agency, driving towards the NFL draft. Your Locked On Browns host, Jeff Lloyd. Follow on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Always follow back account, as everybody knows. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, make sure you're A, subscribed, B, leaving those five-star ratings and C, leaving those fat, juicy, written reviews. Joining me here this evening from Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest, Mr. Pete Smith. Pete, I guess you can set your watch wide because here it is, another offseason, and we're going to do the dance of Jadavian Clowney, who was briefly in Cleveland today. We've talked about this player a ton in the past on this show. And obviously, this is going to go on now for a couple of days. I'm sure there's questions of, you know, hey, where's the health at? Where's the knee at? A bunch of other things that go along with it. But Jadavian Clowney, and this is the one thing, is when certain front offices, coaches, you get, you have a crush. You have a liking for a certain player. It doesn't mean you're going to continuously you know, like Tack McKinley, attempt to ask him out. Well, I think some of this with Clowney is they need to look at his knee. Um, he's coming up meniscus surgery that ended his season. Um, certainly the Browns were interested in him last year, so it you know stands to reason they're at least looking at him this year. I'm curious if any of that is to make certain other pass rushers a little more anxious to get a deal done. But uh, – you know, they went hard after him. Uh, they offered him a multiple-year deal. Uh, certainly looks like they dodged a bullet on that because he signed for $13 million last year with the Colts and had as many sacks as I did in the eight games he played. Um, so uh, he's this guy that, you know, has all the talent in the world seemingly and just doesn't get enough out of it, whether it's, you know, he just doesn't play consistently uh, at a high level. He doesn't – his motivation seems to waver. Um, he, you know, in Houston, there was talk that he was sort of a pain in the ass and, and a diva, and nobody seems to want him back. Um, you know, the Titans couldn't wait to get to Nico Autry in there and let him walk. You know, maybe that's because of the knee, but – no one seems upset that when he when he comes out of their uh, goes away from their team. So I am uh, certainly suspicious and skeptical of what he offers, but that's largely due to the fact that I think there are other options that would be better. You know, if he's the only guy there, uh, then certainly I can see the point. But I certainly wouldn't give him a big money contract. He should not get anywhere near what he was making with the Titans. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know if he's ready for that reality. And if money is part of his motivation, that will not help. Uh, it's the dog and pony show of Jadavian Clowney and chasing big money. That's ended. Um, he got his opportunity last year, turned down Cleveland for 
most likely reportedly more money. Um, who knows where the fact that he has the same agent as Miles Garrett does doesn't mean anything here. Could mean nothing. Could possibly mean something. Could Jadavian Clowney be saying, and this is things we've talked about in the past, Pete, is, look, if you're an edge rusher right now and you're trying to improve your worth, Olivier Vernon, similar up until, you know, the catastrophic injury for him in week 17. If you're Jadavian Clowney and you're saying, well, hmm, I go to that defensive line. They got some pieces in place. I'm not probably going to make any money this year. I am only 28. Next year at this time, I'd be 29. I go there, run with these boys with a revamped defense. There's going to be a lot of pass rushing opportunities, most likely for a team that won 11 games and a playoff game last season. Maybe this is a way to you know, basically get the stock back up. Well, that was his plan last year, and it uh, did not work. So that's part of this is – well, not Part playing the, sometimes is an issue. People have an issue with that. Um, last year, you know, part of the reason he didn't take the the deal with the Browns is he thought he deserved to be a top paid pass rusher. So he took top pass rusher money and got hurt and didn't do much. You know, I, I, where that sort of hits him, I, you know, I don't know when reality is going to sort of sink in with him that he isn't that guy. Uh, I don't know. That you know that may be an issue not just for him but for a couple guys, but uh, you know again what the thing with with Clowney is what motivates him. He played opposite JJ Watt, you know, and he had he had a couple really nice seasons. He he also had some years where he was you know uh, uninspiring, and there were games where he was completely invisible. There are also games, particularly in the playoffs, where he was downright dominant. Uh, so. You just don't know what you're getting with him, and that's part of the problem. And and I already have that issue with Sheldon Richardson, who I actually like, but he's also in that vein where he can have games where he's absolutely great, and there and there are games where he's just a non-factor. I think he is there every week. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think he he is more consistent than Clowney, but there's still that element of it. Whereas Clowney, you know, there are games where he can take on the world. And there are games where he's absolutely useless. And he, but you know, he, even when he played last year, uh, it wasn't that good. Now he's a good run defender. He's always a good run defender. He wins at the point of attack. There's, there's certainly a value in that, but it's not as valuable as it was last year because last year the Browns didn't have Malik Jackson and they didn't have Jordan Elliott coming in year two. So there was a real potential benefit in being able to say, Hey, we're going to put Clowney in the middle and rush from there uh, just to collapse the pocket and, and take away that area. I, you know, that may, those, those opportunities may not be there as much this year. So uh, again, with, with, with Clowney, in addition to health, it's, it's what is important to him because to this point, no one seems to understand what that is, uh, you know, which includes Pete Carroll, who, who seemingly loves all the guys that, uh, you know, these, these sort of misplaced toys and misunderstood, uh, you know, players. Uh, so, I, you know, I just don't know what it is for him. Maybe, you know, he may be a guy who just doesn't love the game and, and let, just loves what it does for him. I don't know. But, you know, he doesn't excite me as much as some people. I, I, I understand the draw. He, I mean, the, the, 
freakish ability is is easy to fall in love with. But you know, if you look up his highlights, you're going to go, "Wow, who wouldn't want this guy?" But just game to game, play to play, you just leave you, leaves you wanting more. We did this last off season, Pete. We'll do it again. Where is the I'm in contract for JD Jadavian Clowney? as far as Andrew Barry and the front office, what they can offer, and where Pete says, that's it, not a dime more. Um, it's probably around, to me, it's probably around six to seven million. I, I'd probably go a little bit north of that. Uh, but I think once you get to a point of like eight, um, I, I think anything else beyond that has to be su- super tied to incentives uh, to, to make sure you don't get burned on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's where it's tough. And and honestly, I think there's an element here where there are a couple defensive ends that the Browns are probably looking at, uh, which may or may not include guys like Melvin Ingram and Carlos Dunlap, uh, that where they're basically saying, look, this is the deal we have, you know, the first one who wants to play ball, we're going to, we'll get this thing done, you know, and, and these are all guys who may be sort of at this point where they're looking at what they're being offered which is way less than they've been offered in the past. These are all guys who made, who had double-digit salaries last year, and they're not going to get those this year, most likely. So when is that going to sort of hit for them that this is the new normal and that they're going to be able to accept this and play to that level, you know, still play as hard as 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 a team needs them to play? Look. You know, with the signing of Tack McKinley, the fact that you even met with Jadavian Clowney to me is interesting. Uh, We've talked, you know, about a bunch of edge prospects in this class. You have Joe Jackson, you have Porter Gustin, you have a wild card in Curtis Weaver. It's interesting. Um, For me, I think it would be, can you get this fiscally done and we're not going to lose somebody? If it comes down to taking somebody – off of this roster as it's currently constructed to accommodate a Jadavian Clowney? Nah, let's just draft one. And we've got a bunch. And we got some guys who can rotate at other spots and do different situations in nickel and dime. So I'm okay with that. Um, but, hey, if you have a certain affinity for a player, they obviously now sat down and talked about this for a second offseason in a row and said, man, what we could do with him, with Miles, with Sheldon, Tack, uh, you know, and one thing with Clowney, Pete, you know, why you were a big fan of Tack was the speed. When Clowney is healthy, the man moves like a damn thoroughbred. So it's interesting. Um, but unlike last year, you know, where the Browns were very, very accommodating and Jadavian Clowney still went to Tennessee this year, if it's going to be Cleveland, it's going to be on the Browns terms. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your, I guess, Wednesday, third episode of the week. Lockdown Browns, we're going to get to an incredible pro day today and sadly a player that we can talk about, but just ain't going to happen. More coming along here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, the latest Locked on Browns. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors. Currently, six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, Apple Almond Crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. 
The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with your keto diet. Flavor profile for your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, I'm sorry, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With the Caleb Farley news early in the week, Pete, and, you know, I talked about this with Stephen Thomas, and we talk about this all the time with an analytic draft board. Empty boxes is not good. It gave an opportunity for a player who certainly, to this point, is regarded as a first-round cornerback. But, Pete, J.C. Horn today, I mean, he just didn't put in a workout. He put in one of the best cornerback workouts ever. Our good buddy, Kent Platty, uh, Platty uh, who does, uh, oh, good Lord, who does the RAS, hashtag R-A-S, all caps, relative athletic score. Pete, th- this was a banner, banner day with Farley, you know, most likely going to have his dings somewhere within this first round. Uh, it was fun talking about J.C. Horn. It really was. And, you know, normally I hate the no way in hell scenario. You guys know that. Um, J.C. Horn, he, he, if he's not the first cornerback, he'll be the second cornerback selected, Pete. And it'll most likely be before pick 15. Well, he didn't do agility, which is the thing I wanted to see the most. Uh, and I don't blame him because I expect he would not have done as well as with that. Um, uh, you know, he he – Ran fast and, and jumped really far. Um, none of that is a huge surprise. He's very strong. Um, you know, I don't know how he did in terms of the rest of the workout because I know Greg Newsom ran really fast. And then, you know, I've read some stuff that said his his workout was crap. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not worried about J.C. Horn. I always looked at him as a really unlikely situation for the Browns. It would take a lot of dropping uh, for that to happen. And the only, you know, sort of, path to that I see is just the number of quarterbacks, offensive skill players, and then offensive linemen that, that will go quickly. And maybe some of these defensive guys get uh, pushed down, but you know, he could go as high as 12. I mean, it, 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 so it was always going to be a bumpy ride to somehow find a way to, to 26. And I have no interest in trading up for him. His tape is not perfect by any stretch. He's not like an impact, easy film grade corner I, I i've seen some people say that he's very good uh he's very competitive i like that about him he's physical uh he, you know it, it, for you know we've been talking about this forever we've played you know the bronze have played all these teams where dbs uh will basically grab until and dare the refs to call it he fits right in with that um he may have some a little bit of a adjustment trying to get used to that because he's a guy who sort of likes to, to physically feel his way into coverage, but, uh, and the Browns don't, you know, maybe they would be happy to adjust him, but they don't press, you know, just based on their, their scheme. And that's where he's really successful. So there are adjustments that I, I don't doubt he could make Uh very good player. Uh, you know, he was an easy first rounder, I, but I, I never got the sense watching him or really anybody uh, that they were just automatically, Top 10 picks. Per- personally, I, I have a genuine distaste for Alabama corners. 
Um, they <laughs> their scheme is very you want more. Well, they, they, they're just the scheme is very easy. They play that drop shuffle technique. Um, they're very long. Their safeties do all the work in that defense. Having said that, I think Patrick Sertain is the goods. Um, and he had, you know, a, a similar workout in terms of the numbers as did Horn. So, I mean, I think those are good. Uh, Caleb Farley is the giant wild card now with his back surgery, which, you know, you, you read up on it. It doesn't sound like a very big deal, but it is surgery. We're and talking about back. a 21-year-old who's already had two back surgeries, not to mention an ACL didn't play this season and we have no jumps we have no speed it makes for a really really incomplete draft report for an analytic front office to look at yeah uh no question so i i I certainly don't think he's going to be a factor for the browns uh but you know is is he somebody that's going to still go in the verse 25 picks i hope so because i mean somebody else is getting pushed down but no, I, I think Sertan and uh, and 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 Horn are, are gone. I don't think those were guys the Browns were likely to trade up for. I, I could be wrong. They may, they may love uh, any some guy enough, but uh, you know the Browns met with him, which means nothing. They're they're going to meet with a ton of players, as is everybody. Uh, but I think they're going to be working with guys who are either going to go twenty six or potentially later. Uh, I, again, it's possible they could fall in love with somebody. Personally, I think if they're going to fall in any with anyone, it'd be Quiddy Pay from Michigan. But uh, those are the those. Uh, I think they're going to either pick at twenty six or trade back at this point. Uh, look, it just it just doesn't make any sense with the way it is. It was if you had said that you know COVID never existed, the Browns had this. Lovely 20 regular season, this solid free agent group that they did. And they felt that, hey, we're truly this one guy away. And you've got all the information at hand that you would normally get from a combine, senior bowl, all these pro days, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe, maybe this would be the year where you'd say, hey, you want to know what? This makes sense. Maybe this year you can finally see an anomaly to you know, the way this is done and everything is thought out and based on data and, you know, educated decisions are made. I, I, I just don't see it. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, if you told me I had to pick one way or the other, the Browns are trading up or the Browns may not even draft in round one, I would probably say the Browns are probably not going to draft in round one. They'll, you know, hedge some of these bets for when they can make decisions with, you know, more fruitful information. That's just the way I see it. Pete, a lot of guys we know, a lot of guys continue week in, week out to put out mock drafts. Why? Why am I still, still seeing Browns 26, linebackers, Avon Why? Why? Is there something people outside of us aren't seeing? People outside of Browns fandom, Browns knowledge, studying this team, studying this franchise, studying the the power players in place. How is this still happening? I think it's mostly a function of wanting to put him in the first round and basically having to put him somewhere uh, rather than necessarily the Browns. And I'm sure there are people that are going, oh, the Browns need linebackers. Look at these guys. They're not very good. Uh, they have no interest in it. I mean, 
we've seen this with the Eagles for years. People kept giving them first round linebackers and they never took them. So there is some some element to that. But it's I mean, it comes down to being easy. I mean, if they were comfortable not putting him in the first round, I don't think this would be an issue. You look at the Browns roster, they clearly need more edge help. They clearly need another corner. Um, there's, you know, everybody's talking about, well, there's lots of both of those. So give the Browns a linebacker. Um, I, 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 look, I mean, come, come the end of April when the, the draft happens, maybe they pick him and, and we have to eat it on that. But just based on what they've done, they really don't need a linebacker. And I mean, like, they need guys who can come in uh, as depth and special teams. They're going to add more of those. But overall, it's, it's draft class for linebackers is bad. When you're trying to rationalize these Ohio State linebackers who are, couldn't stop anything as being somehow good, you've got a problem. And, and uh, I think it was Marcus Mosier who was – or no, it was uh, – Yeah, it was Marcus. Gil Brandt. Uh, Sam, Sam Panix was saying that uh, he, he went through the linebacker class and basically said, you know, Jacob Phillips oh, would be a right, top, yeah. top five linebacker. I agree. Um, I, you know, the, the one of the guys I like for this class, you know, if you can get him in like round five is Monty Rice out of Georgia. He's nowhere near as good as Jacob Phillips was last year. He can run, uh, but he's not as instinctive. He, he's not as effective. And, you know, he's one of the few guys I like. Jamin Davis is is good and, you know, there's some people who think he could go in, in the in the top two rounds. Mm-hmm. In a normal year, I don't think I don't think he's anywhere near that level. I, I actually think he can be a nice linebacker, but you're you're going on a guy who basically doesn't play any coverage at all and saying he's a top two round guy. That's you know, that's that's a tough sell. So I, I don't see it. I, I don't know why there's a need to put a linebacker in the first round at all, because neither of them are, are are good enough for that. And Nick Bolton Ran like crap. Um, Fubard his whole pro day, and uh, I think his arms are really pretty short too. So he's got a lot more like uh, the dude a couple years ago uh, out of Minnesota with both shoulder surgeries, who is a more. Oh, expensive. he went to the uh, went to the Jets. Yeah, uh, so that that's the problem. Is like, and Nick Bolton, his film is great. Like he is a a very good linebacker on tape, but he didn't run very well, and he's like the second best, or in some cases best linebacker depending on who you ask so i don't know what the rush is on that other than saying you know we want to put this guy in the first round or you know we're too lazy to actually do any real work and and we just want to put somebody here but uh i'm pretty confident i i should say i'm very confident and and totally ready to have the browns make me eat it when they pick him i just don't see zavin collins on this team unless I, the, my one caveat would be unless they love him as an edge rusher, which I still don't understand why they'd pick him that high for, to do it. But if you're actually saying he's a defensive end, at least I'm willing to listen to that argument. Here's the thing. Um, we've listened to Joe Woods speak since the day he got here about his love of defensive backs, his love of safeties, how he wanted to play a ton of them. They drafted Grant Delpit in the second round, signed two safeties in free agency last year. We all know what happened with Grant Delpit. So what did you do? You took some assets and you traded for Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison had a pretty damn good year. They obviously still feel really highly on Grant Delpit. What did they then do? Signed John Johnson III. What it tells you is, is we are going to play a lot of defensive backs. They're not 
going to draft a linebacker at 26 to come off of the field, most likely, certainly in, you know, dime situations. And one of the most difficult things to ask a young rookie linebacker to do is coverage. It's one of the most difficult things you're asking a rookie linebacker to do. So I just, in no way, and and I, I'm sure one or two of these guys took it the wrong way, but it just makes zero sense. You have a second-round safety that you thought the world of. You traded for Ronnie Harrison. John Johnson III was your number one target. It was the one thing you wanted to get done before anything else in this free agency cycle. I don't know how you look at all of that and then say, well, this certainly opens up things for linebacker in the first round. It makes no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. We're going to get some listener questions here. Appreciate you guys for always funneling those over. Pete Smith along for the ride on Locked on Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean your wagering appetite Cannot go satisfied. There is only one place that has you covered, and one place here at Lockdown we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it is the NCAA tournament, whether it is the NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, draft prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. David Rose, you were so nice to ask again, so I'll give you this. Pete, Olivier Vernon, one year, dirt cheap, will pay you more as you play, you in, you're not in. Um, it's fine. You, you you could sign him and put him on injured reserve until you need him. However, I don't really see much of a point for Vernon to do that. Um, you know, he may as well just hang around and, and then he can pick his, like, let's say, you know, let's say, let's say he's intent on playing this coming year. Start floating out workout videos about week four or so. <laughs> Well, let's just say, like, let's, you know, hope, you know, hope, knock on wood, you know, Baker goes down with a knee, you know, in, in week three, you know, and, and the Browns just aren't, you know, it's just not going to happen. Why would, you know, Olivier Vernon can then keep his options open and potentially he could go sign with the Bucks, you know, at, at the end of the year. <laughs> so, I mean, so I, I get it from the Browns standpoint, you, <laughs> but I mean, I think Olivier Vernon, uh, is 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 a better you know it's it's better for him to keep his options open and see what happens and pick his spot. Uh, you know he he may be perfectly excited to come back to the Browns. I, I don't know. I mean I know the two sides have talked, but to what extent and and what that really means is unclear. But you know I, he's not look. Olivier Vernon has made a ton of bank in his career. Uh, certainly he can. He can hold out and and see what happens. Uh, first and foremost, you just got to get healthy. Uh, that's the other problem is is if you sign him, 
I'm fairly sure the Browns would then have to pass him on his uh, on his Achilles to do that. I mean, if because if you don't, then you're you're not responsible for any injury or anything that would come of that. So it's not as simple as, hey, let's just sign this guy and put him on injured reserve. Uh, and it's it's clean and easy like that. You would you would be hap- the Browns would have to take a risk on that by passing on his physical, and I don't think they or anyone else is willing to do that. And look, I love Olivia Vernon. Um, if if it did somehow find a way to work out, um, yeah, sure. I mean, but you know, I think there's a long, long way to go as far as that with uh, Olivier Vernon uh, from at. Blue X Horizon. This is actually a pretty good one, Pete. Browns are on the clock. Pick 59 overall. Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, both are available. I know which way you're going to go, but it's not a bad scenario to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Elijah Moore easily. Uh, I just think he's a better receiver. That's not because Rondell Moore measured 5'7". I just think Elijah Moore's game is better. Rondale is just lightning in a bottle, incredibly quick, difficult to to corral. And I don't think I ever saw a weight announced for his pro day, which I thought was interesting. He looked rocked up, but I, never, I don't think I ever saw a weight for him. Um, so based on what I've seen, uh, I, I would be thrilled with Elijah Moore. I, I don't know if he'll last that long. It's just – in some ways, he like he's not, he's like a a reasonable man's Odell Beckham in terms of his draft stock, um, where it's like he's being sort of undersold, which was the case with Beckham up until like the actual draft happened. Like I remember that year, the Browns. You know, I was still hoping the Browns were able to get him with their second first round pick, and they obviously went top ten. So I feel like Elijah yeah, no, Moore it was like twelve or something, I think. But go ahead. Uh, well, I think the, the, that year, the, that was the year they got uh, Manziel. So it was twenty-two. They traded up from twenty-six, I believe. So yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore is going to be go higher now. Obviously, he's got to he's got to have his pro day still. I assume he's going to put out a show there. The only thing I would say is I, I, I would not count out Rondale Moore to the Browns. Um, you know, they they signed JoJo Natson, who is 5'7", uh, and that might be kind. So, I, you know, I, I don't know that they're in a hurry to go get Rondale Moore, but he, he could certainly be a fun component that could do a lot of the things that um, you might like out of a Kadarius Tony or somebody like that. You could line him up in the backfield and do some stuff like that. Uh, or just you know, designed handoffs, quick, quick uh, screens, stuff like that. I, I think he's an intriguing weapon. I don't know where you take that, but uh, look, he's talented. Uh, I think the only issue I really had with him is post knee surgery. Really didn't get let get to see him sort of go vertical, and that's not because I don't believe he can run fast enough. Clearly, he can. It's about how do you track the ball? How do you make those? You know, how do you, how do you uh, make the play? How do you separate all those things down the field? And obviously at 5'7", that can be a little bit more of a challenge. So I've seen Elijah Moore do all these things. Uh, he, you know, he's got, to me, he's got the total package in terms of what you want from receivers. So I will always, you know, I will take uh, Elijah. Uh, I, as everybody knows, I, I'm with it there. Um, but, you know, I can maybe see an avenue where, you know, Rondell Moore, who's got, 
you know, a little bit more experience, you know, as far as, you know, doing some of the gadget type of stuff. And it's not a knock on, you know, this is what a lot of offenses want to do now. This is not a knock on a receiver. Um, if you told me, would you rather have an athlete like Rondell Moore running jet sweeps over Jarvis Landry? Absolutely. That's certainly the way I would go. Um, but I do believe for the case in point here, if we're talking about pure wide receiver, I think obviously it's you know Elijah Moore is that player to this point. Um, and yes, Odell Beckham Jr. was the 12th selection in the 2014 NFL draft. From Casey Kinnaman, Pete, rank the AFC North teams off-seasons to this point. Uh, I guess the well, question would be, who's two and who's three? Uh, I would I would say the the Steelers are uh, and Bengals are fighting for last, uh, and then the Ravens are in second, and that's largely due to the fact that the Ravens have given themselves enough options to sort of to be continued. They haven't sort of um, put themselves into anything they can't get out of, and they've still got options in terms of the draft and stuff like that. So certainly, I think the Ravens are worse than they were last year but they have the capacity to sort of address a lot of those things. Whereas the Steelers and the Bengals, um, this, the Bengals lost talent and are replacing it with quantity more than quality. They've gotten some nice players. Some they've gotten Second some. Year guys, in a row. Uh, in a row, they've actually done decent work. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think it makes up for losing what they lost, uh, which is a problem. You're basically treading water. Uh, with this quantity over quality effort, and then the Steelers are are bailing water in a in a in a rowboat that is sinking. Um, maybe they're really excited about getting uh, Juju Smith Schuster back, but then they lost Steven Nelson in the process. So they're down three linemen. They've you know replaced uh, a couple. They've signed some. You know, I, I actually really like the signing of BJ Finney for them. He was good as a center before. They got Joe Haig as sort of a all-around depth guy, but they've lost a ton of talent. Um, and I don't even think Bud Dupree was a huge loss, but the line, you know, running back, uh, it just uh, still, you know, extending Ben Roethlisberger. And they saved very little on that deal. That's a terrible deal for the Steelers. I can't emphasize how bad uh, that restructuring is for a guy who claimed, oh, I don't care what my salary is. He certainly did damn well in that negotiation. So, uh, I, I, the Steelers are probably last as a result of that. I, I don't love what the Bengals did, but the the Bengals at least um, I, I think have more of a plan, especially with the offensive line. I think getting Riley Reef was a good idea. Um, I, I, again, I like uh, I like Cheeto Awuzier, you know, but obviously trading Trey Hendrickson with with Carl Lawson, I, 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 they will probably end up. I'm probably losing on that one. If not, I don't know that either team really made out terribly well in terms of those contracts. It feels a little bit like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Paul Kruger or whatever. Who was the DN that came to the Browns and it just never turned out for a massive amount of money? Yeah, Kruger's certainly one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I like Hendrickson. I just don't like him at $16 million per year and $32 million guaranteed for two. Now, the Bengals can afford that. They They have – plenty of cap their whole strategy in that regard is confusing but the Steelers are you know the it's I think it's safe to say that as long as Joe Burrow's legs function they will do better than they did last year um meanwhile the, the Steelers were, will certainly do worse and the Ravens will probably do worse as well uh, but they at least 
have a you know, they, they still have a chance to make the playoffs because they're they're their defense is built around those DBs. You know, they 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 can generate a pass rush with the blitz and stuff like that. So they can get guys to come in and do that job. Are the are Tyus Bowser and and uh, the other dude they resigned going to be good enough? No, but at least they can keep drafting. Yeah. Uh, without question, without question. Uh, so, folks, we covered Jadavian Clowney. This it, it's weird. Maybe this will be a yearly episode. The ode to Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, we covered all that. Uh, J.C. Horn blew out his pro day today. Good for him. Good for the young man. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be actually a lot of fun with this cornerback class when you have three legacy players in uh, Patrick Sertain Jr., Asante Samuel Jr., and J.C. Horn joining the league. Uh, fathers all had incredible, tremendous careers. Should make for a fun, fun. Uh, and I just hope they don't screw up the draft coverage of it but uh you know should, should be some great storylines and hopefully lead to some great interviews one-on-ones whatever from the coverage uh we got to a bunch of listener questions here appreciate you all for that for those we didn't get to i do apologize uh trying my best here but a lot of times as these questions come in this is stuff that's already you know put into the first two segments as far as stuff we are trying to cover he is mr pete smith from sports illustrated's browns digest uh, check it out. Actually, uh, Browns Digest, uh, Pete and Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson is a hardworking son of a gun. Uh, they have uh, launched another uh, a pod over there. So, you know, after you're done here, make sure you get on over there. Go ahead, check that one out as well. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Read all the work Pete and his team are doing over at Browns Digest on si.com. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. As you guys know, throw a follow over there. Locked on Brown's Twitter account, follow back account. DMs are open. Same thing. Questions, ideas, something you'd like incorporated to the show. Shoot me a DM. I mean, you know, always, you know, looking for a segment, always looking for a couple ideas. You send us something good. We'll take it. We'll run with it. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, make sure you again, a are subscribed B leaving the five star reviews and see leaving those fat written i'm sorry written reviews five star ratings my bad with that this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns